everybody. Good morning. Come on, look at the person next to you. Give them a fist bump. Tell them, go Irish. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. Come on, what a game, what a game, what a game, what a game. Too close, but we won. That's all that matters. Amen. God's team won. Amen. And so, hey, glad you're here today. And, and man, we love you guys. And what a great morning so far. And so thankful that we, and we got family in. Come on, from Alabama, Birmingham, come on with us today that we're excited about. Pastor Dino, and, and just before I introduce uh, Pastor Dino, uh, man, one of my great, great friends, Mark Cleary, in the house, and his boys, come on, the Cleary boys. Jones, I thought you were going to sing. You going to come up here? You going to sing? Oh, my man. He's, he's not saying no, but he's not saying yes either, but that's okay. But, uh, man, I love these guys, and Mark, uh, as I said, just a great, great friend, and he is uh, the director of church planning for ARC, and, um, and so, man, we wouldn't be here had it not been for ARC. And uh, so just, uh, man, everything that God is doing, you'll hear more from Pastor Dino in that in, in just a moment. But I just want to thank these men of God, Pastor Dino and Mark, because uh, there's a season a couple years ago uh, that some of you remember. And, uh, man, I just hit a wall physically, blood pressure, anxiety. I talked about it last week about stress. It just stresses me back out just thinking about that season. But, uh, but nonetheless, my first, I got, I got three phone calls like within Man, just a couple hours of, of each other, and it was Pastor Dino, Mark, Josh Monty, just those three guys, and man, they just got on the phone, just checking in on me, and what can we do, how can we help you, and how many know that's family, that's relationship, amen, and so he had no idea I was going to do this, but I want Mark to come on up here and just to greet you guys and say what's up, would y'all give him a great big hand this morning, come on up, Mark Cleary, my man. Hey, we're really excited to be here all the way from uh, Birmingham, Alabama, where it was like 80-something degrees when I left. And last night in that stadium, uh, we had on about 18 layers and drove here afterwards and couldn't be more excited to be with you this morning. You know, you all are part of an unbelievable move of God that's happening through the ark. And do you remember what church plant number you? 257. Now we are at, Pastor Dino, after today, 874. And uh, listen to what you're a part of this year alone, uh, over 500 salvations on launch day alone uh, in the churches that we've launched. We'll end up launching close to 70 churches this year. Uh, over 11,000 people will attend those uh, services, and, and over 500 give their life to Christ. And that's what you're a part of every single day. So well done, Elevate City. You, you all are the best. Thank you. Come on, give it up for Mark. Man, he's a friend. He's a brother, that's for sure. Well, uh, man, just so honored that, that we get uh, uh, Pastor Dino back with us today. And uh, just, uh, you know, I want to say this just before he comes up, just because I think I want you guys to know the impact that he has had on my life. And um, Pastor Dino, for me, uh, has been just a real a spiritual father and, um, and just one that has spoken into my life and into Bethany as well. When he speaks, we listen. And, uh, the, you know, the Bible says there is 10,000 instructors, but, but uh, few fathers. And so I'm just thankful uh, to have a spiritual father like him and that speaks in us, that's believed in us. I think back to something Billy Hornsby, our founder of ARC, always said, man, just believe in the one that nobody else believes in. And I kind of felt like that was me uh, a while back. And so Pastor Dino just and Mark, just thank you guys for believing in us as well. And, uh, and so we love them, love Pastor Dino and Delenn and his family. You'll see a picture of, man, just his beautiful family. God doing great things with them. But Elevate, come on, would you all stand to your feet and let's give a real, come on, Elevate City, warm welcome for Pastor, come on, Dino Rizzo. 
All right. Hey, let's clap our hands for Jesus. It's always about him. To God be the glory for what he's done at Elevate City Church in Fort Wayne. You be seated. These, these short years, my goodness, what a great day to be alive. And we're just so honored. Mark and I just love this church and just so great to be here. I really love this church. You don't, you don't have any idea how much I love this church. I feel like family here, uh, but I feel that way a lot of places I go. I, I am one of those guys who just make myself at home whether you like it or not. And so I, I just love being here. I love being a part of this church. Uh, from, a, from a distance, we feel a part of it. And I uh, have just thank God for your pastors. They've been good friends. And, and it's always good to see my, my twin, Chad, who's the other worship leader. And so it's my twin brother. We get to visit about every three or four years. So it's just We're still working through some things as distant siblings. And so, uh, but anyway, it's my guy. And uh, just, again, I, I love this church. I, I love what you're about as a church. I, I just really believe that uh, real deal and, and uh, value people. Uh, the vision of to, to reach people, to, to do everything we can to, to love people, to awaken people. I know that's the vision of this house. And you're, 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 it's about loving God and loving people, which I think is what it, it boils down to. And so I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that uh, you reach out to people. I love the process and the steps that you have. I know you'll hear about VIP parties and fall fest, all these different things you could be a part of. And then the next steps, which I think is so important, when I showed up in church, I was not raised in church. We're not church-going people. We went every once in a while, but not much at all. I don't remember ever a Sunday morning other than just a few times uh, my family saying, get dressed, go to church. We just didn't do it. We, it wasn't because we were like wicked or like the devil. Uh, it was just we just didn't go to church. We we worked the weekends. I don't know if you've ever had a job that pulls you away on the weekends. So we were we were uh, in that situation, a family-owned business. And so I'm grateful that the church came to me. And when they did an outreach, all the serve days that you do, and when you reach out to this community and reach people, you wonder, is anybody listening? Well, I was one of those ones that listened, showed up in a church, and thank God they gave me next steps. And thank God for a small group. I don't think I'd be here today if, if, if it wasn't for a kind group of people. Oh, they were so patient with me because I had so many issues. You ever been through that season in your life where your issues got issues? And, I mean, I... I had some stuff going on in my life, and they were, they were grace-filled but truth-filled. And so grateful for a church like this. That's what you're about. So on behalf of someone like me who showed up in a church like this and didn't know anything, I'm just so thankful for this house and who you are, generous church, multiple services. I know you'll continue to expand into other locations. And I, I believe that love God, love people comes right out of the heart of your pastors. Uh, they are the real deal. And uh, Pastor Mark and I can testify to that, that uh, they love God, they love you. Uh, when you have a pastor who loves God and loves you, it is a gift from God. Uh, you know, they, I can tell you this, watching Pastor Kyle and Bethany grow and, you know, and, and watching Pastor Kyle uh, grow in wisdom. Bethany's already there and Pastor Kyle's just kind of grown up to catch her. Uh, but uh, I can tell you this, uh, integrity. When I think about Elevate City Church, integrity. I get to be a part of some of the conversations about the finances and growth and things like that. I can tell you, this is a safe place. This is, this is, this is, we're, we're, we're making good leadership decisions as stewards. And, so, uh, and, and then just, uh, and, and just influence. God is using this church. Uh, there's, there's probably not a, a month goes by where someone's not connecting, learning from you with all these churches that we're planting. And so can we clap our hands for our pastors and honor them? And thank God for Pastor Kyle and Bethany. Hey, the real deal. 
I was here about five years ago, I guess, and uh, Bethy was in the hospital with your, is it your middle son? Was it your middle, or the middle son, Judah? And we left here and went up there and, and hung out there uh, to have church and so just to see the family grow, to walk around, see the team. You got a great team and great worship and on and on. So neat things are happening. And, and I think it encourages us, too, to be faithful in our giving. Uh, we, with reaching people, and you don't see churches grow like this. I get to travel some, be at some churches. You don't see churches grow and reach people without generosity. And so I'm just thankful for you being a generous church. We're planning churches today because you said yes to generosity. If you're not saying yes to tithe, if you're not saying yes to being a person who shares and being a person who realizes that, that my resources are not for just me, myself, and I, then we're not able to say yes to a couple who plans a church today because you say yes, we get to say yes. And so I just want to thank you on behalf of a whole lot of church planters who want to do this in other locations and in other cities. So neat things are happening. I bring you greetings from our church there in Birmingham, Church of the Highlands. Uh, and, and we're having a blast. Like this church, seeing people baptize and, and, and seeing people take next steps and get people in small groups. So many similarities between the church that we serve at there in Birmingham as well as uh, our family's doing well. I never communicate without showing a picture of our family. So I think they've got a picture of the of the Rizzo. There's the Rizzo. Look like a bunch of Italians, don't we? Look, just had a Godfather wedding right there. And, and so that's that's the Rizzo family. That's my son Dylan. Uh, he serves up at the Hillsong Church and uh, does some other things. And then he's 23. Then that, that's our baby on the end. That's Isabella. Uh, she's a freshman at Alabama. And uh, and then that's our our daughter McCall in the middle. Got married this year to this young man Trey. And uh, she graduated from LSU. She's an LSU Tiger. He's a, he's a, he's a Roll Tide. And this is their fir first marriage football season. So they're already in counseling, uh, just dealing with their football tension. And then that's my lovely wife, Delenn. And uh, she loves this church. She loves Baptist. She was texting me just during worship. It says how much she loves y'all. I, I married a strong woman, I'll tell you. Her first name is Delenn, little Southern Delenn. Her middle name is Monique. Don't mess with me, Monique. And call, sometimes I call the house saying, is Delenn at home tonight, or am I dealing with Monique tonight? I, brother need to know what he working with. So, Y'all know none about that. But anyway, uh, we love you guys. Our family loves this family. And uh, you're in a good church, I tell you. You're doing well. And I'm grateful for all the people coming to Christ and building. So these are neat. I love this series that you're in. You asked for it. I think it's a good time to be able to get down into it and Get down to the things we wonder about. I know, uh, you know, you, you sit in church and there may be something that is talked about that you wonder, well, that doesn't really connect with me. It's interesting how the Holy Spirit can take a word that you, you can be talking about finances and over here somebody gets set free from addiction. So it's just interesting how through worship and the word those things happen. But a lot of times you're wondering, you know, that really is not where I'm at right now in this season of my life. But I think the, the neat thing about a series like this, and we do these series, is you're the one who were asking these questions. You were wondering about this. And I get to talk for a few minutes, and I love what I get to share about uh, around the idea of how do I know God's plan for my life? How do I know the will of God? How do I know what God wants me to do or what, what God wants me to become? So I want to talk for a few minutes around that idea of how do I know God's plan for my life? So let's talk about that. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing in this house. And Thank you for what you're doing across church life and, Lord, through the kids and the worship and all the things that are happening with students and, and, and small groups and next steps and the growth track. 
But, Lord, I thank you for our pastors. Lord, I thank you for their hearts for you. Thank you for their faithfulness and their integrity and their generosity. So speak to us today, God. Uh, Lord, we want to know your plan for our life. We don't want to just drift aimlessly through life and, and be about things that don't matter. We, 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 we want to we get on living the plan that you have for us, Lord, because there have been seasons where we've not lived that plan or, or we've lived a life that someone else intended for us to live. Lord, we want to live the life that you intended for us to live. In Jesus' name, and everyone said a good amen. Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it here today. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice and tell them you look like you could use a lot of church. My brother, my sister. The book of Ecclesiastes is in the Old Testament. I, I wouldn't have known that when I showed up in church. And we're going to look at a book in the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes, and we're going to roll over and look at the New Testament in the book of Ephesians. Uh, Ecclesiastes is a book that asks a lot of questions. The, it's the book of wisdom. It's the book of knowledge. Uh, it, it pairs well with the book of Proverbs. Of, and and uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes, very smart, very brilliant, very bright, uh, very, a lot of understanding. But what I love about Ecclesiastes is there's a lot of questions. They come to some conclusions and they make some observations about life and about the things that we live in. And I love these two verses in Ecclesiastes 7 which gives us the reality of this idea of how do I know God's plan? Why is it hard sometimes to understand the will of God? Or why am I here? Or what's the greater purpose? Or is there more to life than what I'm living? There has to be more. And Ecclesiastes dives into that and says certain things that bring a reality to us that we know at times it can be a struggle. And if we're not careful at times, it does feel like a maze. So this is what the Bible says in verse 23 and 24. The writer says this, I used my wisdom to test all of this. I was determined to be wise, but it was beyond me. I was determined to be smart. I was determined to know everything. I was determined to figure everything out, but it was beyond me. And then it goes into verse 24 and says this, How can anyone discover what life means? It is too deep for us. It is too hard to understand. So out of all the things that he studied, out of all the things that he was analyzing, he came to the point to realize that at times life just seems too deep. That they're, they're, when, we, when, we, when we put it all together, the conclusion of life is that it's too hard to understand everything. That, that it, it, sometimes it is foggy. Sometimes it is cloudy. Sometimes life gets a little fuzzy and it's hard to understand and it's too deep for us. And it's beyond me. And I don't know if you've ever been through a season like that. I don't know if, if you've ever come to conclusions like that. I know I've been through times where it's hard to figure out. And, and, and what do I do? What is God's plan for my life? And what is God's plan for my marriage? Or what's God's plan for my blended family or my children? Or being single or single again? What is, what is the plan of God? Do I go to school? Do I go to work? Do I, do I move here? Do I do this? Do I live this way? Do I, do I make this change? You know, what is... What is the right thing to do? And we start having all these questions. And I don't know about you. The more I ask the questions, the more anxious I become. And, and the more sometimes I feel more confused. I remember a season I went through. I went to Bible school. And after I came to Christ, I was in church for a couple of years and wanted to know more about God's Word and was trying to figure out. I knew there was something in me to do for the Lord. I'd been 
reach through outreach, and therefore I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to give back. I, I knew that there was something more beyond than just the here and now that, that I, could, I could make a difference. There was a, there was a greater purpose. Uh, I was trying to figure out, you know, what am I here for? And, and so I went to Bible school, and even at Bible school, I, there were so many people who knew what they wanted to do. And, 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 and I remember one of the chapels we did where students got up and talked about their life. And, 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 and you know, people would say, I'm going to go to China and be a missionary. Another guy would say, I'm a pastor of church. I'm going to be a worship leader, and I'm going to move to Kansas, and I'm going to plant a church. And, 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 you know, and I thought, man, do not ask me what I want to do. It changes every day. It's a little unclear. I just want to try to live for God. I'm trying to try to make it. I'm trying to get through the day. And I was trying to figure all this out. And I remember being very stressed over it and trying to figure out relationships and, and finances and future. I went and saw a, one of our, 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 our professor that I, uh, one of the few that I enjoyed. Come on, somebody. I just, they were hard to understand in Bible school. And there was one of them that I just started connecting to. And, and he had that Bible college professor look and, and you know, had those big-time horn ring glasses on, had a comb-over from back, like, right here. Y'all know, like, way comb-over. I mean, it was, he started that comb-over down here and just come on, on over. And his name was Richard Lindsay, a man, godly man, a good man, a made-sense kind of man. I remember sitting with him, and he looked at me, and he said, Dina, let me, let me help you understand some things about the plan of God. Because I had 50 questions. He said, I'm going to boil it down to three things, but really it's three things in one thing. And if you, can, if you can lock hold of these three things, and then you realize that it really represents one thing, then, then your life, as you become into the image of Jesus, so I'll never forget he looked at me and said, the ultimate will of God, the ultimate plan of God, is you in the image of Jesus Christ. Regardless of what you do, vocation. Regardless of what you do. And he unpacked something for me. And I thought about it this week as I was studying. I haven't ever shared this since Bible college, Pastor Kyle. Never brought this back out. But it's just so, it's so real, it's, it's so simple, it's genius as it relates to the will of God. He said this, he said the first thing to realize is there's a sovereign plan of God. The sovereign plan of God is the big and beyond plan of God where God created the earth and, and, and it rains and, and, and the world is, is on an axis and there's gravity and, and there's things you don't understand. There, there's just things that have, let me tell you something, I, there, there's a lot of things in life I don't understand, but I'm a part of I don't understand my phone, but I plan on using it this afternoon. I don't understand my wife, but I'm married. So there's things about the sovereign will of God. There's just the sovereign plan of God. He says, so understand that God is sovereign. God is God, and it's beyond you, and there's some things about God you will never understand. He said, but then there's the moral or truth plan of God, which is found in the Bible, that God's will is the way that he writes. If you ever want to know the will of God, you read the will of God. That, 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 that what's in here is truth. So there's, there's the, the moral, there's the truth will of God. He said, but then there's a third thing, and that is the personal plan of God for your life. What God desires for each of us. He said, and, 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 and you've got to get these three somehow into one idea. He said, how do you do that? He said, it's like a pretzel. Come on, somebody. You've got to love simple explanation. I don't know about you. I'm in the kiddie pool. I don't need nothing about the deep end. 
We had pretzels last night at the Notre Dame game. Ooh, I felt the Lord. We were eating them normal, and Kyle was putting sugar and cinnamon on them the whole time, and the paper got all messed up, and it flicked all over all of us. And we got baptized in cinnamon and sugar last night at the Notre Dame game. I was doused in it. I was like, brother, what are you doing? And <laughs> you didn't think I saw you, did I? I saw you. I was watching you. Here's what it said. Pretzel has three holes, but it's one piece of dough. It's, it's altogether separate. And you understand it as altogether separate. Never had a pretzel and said, well, I just, let me eat the first part. No, 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 it's one pretzel. Give you a statement that helps you understand the plan of God. The more I get to know the sovereign plan of God and the moral plan of God, the better I'll be able to know my personal plan of God. Just the more that I realize, God, you're in charge, and I worship you, and you are greater than me, and I don't understand everything, and you don't have to answer all my questions. And the more that I realize, Lord, thank you for truth, and thank you that there's some things in your Bible, that you are a good God, that you're the open door, you're the alpha and the omega, you're my bright morning star. The more that I understand those and embrace those, the more that I will be able to line myself up with the personal plan, desire, will of God that you have for me, which is ultimately to be in the image of Jesus Christ. It's that, it's that three in one. Now, there's some great scriptures around this in, in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, and, and uh, it's, 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 a good it's a good roadmap book. It's, it's good with roadmaps. It's a, it's a good GPS for us. There's some verses in Ephesians that talks about this plan that God has for each of us. Ephesians chapter 1 covers it well. I'll just catch a few, few verses that give us the simple ideas. First off, verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. So he chose us. He chose us before the creation of the world. It's all about his love. Verse 5. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure and will. That God has a pleasure and a will for our life. And he chose us in adoption to Jesus Christ. It always goes back to Jesus Christ. Verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to what? His good pleasure which he purposed in Christ Jesus. He's made known to us these things. Of, of the good pleasure, the good things he has for our life, the purpose that he has for our life, the blessing that he wants in us and through us. And all of this happens which he purposed in Christ, in the verse 10, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. Watch what it says. To bring unity to all things in heaven and under Christ, under the lordship, under the leadership of Jesus Christ. The best way to know the plan of God for our life is to make sure that Jesus Christ is on the throne of our lives. And what happens so often is we're wanting to share the throne with other things. We got to clear the throne. We got to we got to clear the the seat of lordship in our life so that Jesus Christ sits alone as the Lord of our life. And then out of that, I'm not working to that. I'm working from that. And I'm working from the will of God. I'm working 
from the ultimate will of God, which is Jesus is Lord of my life. And if Jesus is Lord of my life and he's on the throne of my life, then it's hard to miss the will of God. I think sometimes we think the will of God is a needle in a haystack. It's just so hard. I think God is too big to miss when your heart is right. We worry so much about missing God. God's a big God. It's not like he's a little tiny, you know, kind of hidden over here. It's like, where is he? Where is he? You can't find him. He's just, he's just, no, 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 no. He's a big God. And he's got an amazing plan for our lives. If you, if you just pull over one chapter, I can tell you the one verse that I have built, uh, the will of God, the plan of God, God's plan. I built the plan of God on this one verse. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It's a good screensaver. Tell you something, put it on a coffee mug. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Put that bad boy on a blanket. Snuggle up with it. Ephesians 2.10. When I don't know what to do, when I don't know, when I've got multiple choices, when life seems like a maze, I, I turn to this. It says, for we are God's handiwork, workmanship. Another, another uh, thought for that is we are God's poem with meaning. You ever read a poem and you're like, hmm, it's awesome. No idea what they're talking about. <laughs> Fantastic. Then you ever read a kind of a poem or a saying and you're like, whoa, that hit me. That's a meaning to it. So we are God's handiwork, God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus, look what it says, to do good works. There is a holy to-do that God Almighty has put in you. To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You have a God to-do in your life. And, it's, and it was created in Christ Jesus. And it's unique. And it's special. And it's different than anyone else. There's something about the way you see life. There's something about your personality. There's something about your story. There's something about your timeline. There's something about your skill. There's something about the way you see something. The way you feel something. There's something about what you've experienced. That God Almighty, His handiwork, He made you the way you kind of hold your little cheek like that. The way you do your fingers like that sometimes. You just, you know. All those mannerisms, all that little thing about you where you, you just, there's something about the way that you, 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 you push, you push in or you, or you, there's something about the way that your, your personality analysis something. All these things, look, God's creating Christ to do good work, which God prepared in advance for you to do. It's God's plan for our life. God, it's in Christ Jesus. It's unique. That's why so often that comparison becomes the poison to God's plan in your life. We start seeing everybody else on Insta scam. Come on, somebody. Call it what it is. I'm, I don't have many days. I'm doing well. And then I look on a social media platform. I feel like a loser. Because I'm not a, the great barrier reef diving for sharks and discovering a treasure. Come on. I'm in Fort Wayne trying to get to work. 
I'm just in Birmingham trying to survive, trying to deal with my grown kids. Oh, don't make me start preaching about grown kids. That's another whole issue. But think about it. You look and you, and you begin to compare somebody else's life, and then you feel so shaded. You feel so much hate about your life. And, and it becomes when God says, no, 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 I made you that way. If I don't want you born in the 1600s or, or in, in the uh, you're born now today. God's grace of geography puts you here right now, and where you're at is where you're supposed to be. I know there's some pain from the past. I know there's some things that have happened that we're not all excited about. But bless God, I am where I am right now. And I can't do anything about the days that I've not lived his plan. I can't do anything about the days that I've made mistakes. But I can do something about the day that I'm living right now. And I can walk in Ephesians 2.10 with my family, with my life, with my finances, with my resources. And it's different than anyone else. My wife and I are so different. She sees things that move her that don't move me. And there's things that I get excited about. The other day we were going down a little highway in our, our city, and, and, you know, there was a, a, a small wreck in front of us, just a little small wreck. I saw the airbag deploys right at the red light, and, and she's like, let's pull. I said, no, 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 I, I need to jump out. I need to help because God made me a helper. And so she's like, don't get out of the car. I said, no, I'm getting out the car. And so she's just, she's, she's frantic. Don't get out of the car. I'm getting out the car. And I get out of the car, and I run up to the to the vehicle, and I'm not a police officer or an EMS or but, but, I, but I feel like one every once in a while. So I walked up, said, excuse me, ma'am, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. And I check on the other, I check on the other, open the door, and the airbag's been deployed. She's a little flustered. She said, oh, yeah. I said, we're good, okay. She's like, who are you? Who are you? She, she says, can I hand you my phone and you call my husband? I said, she said, well, who are you? I need to know. I said, I'm a traffic chaplain. I'm not a traffic chaplain, but God Almighty made me to help people. At that moment, I'm a traffic chaplain. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. God put that in me to help people. I call her husband. Hey, how you doing? This is Dino Rizzo, traffic chaplain, local, local 609. Wife's been in an accident. She's okay. The air has been deployed, but we're good. She's like, thank you so much. Next thing I know, the police pull up, man. They're in their SUVs. They're getting out of the car. I'm like, they're about to arrest me, throw me on the ground. I'm, I'm going to jail in a few moments. And they walk up. They, hey, hey, how you doing, sir? I said, how you doing, Dino Rizzo, traffic chaplain? Thank you, guys. Y'all got it? I'll see y'all later, guys. Thank y'all. God bless you. Thank you. See, God made me that way. God made me to help people. And I don't need anybody to give me a title. I don't need anybody to have to watch me. I ain't got anybody to have to know me. I didn't post on social media. It's God, God did that. See, God's got something about you. And the enemy spends every day telling you what you're not. Or what you used to be. What you were. We've got to lean into God's word to know what we are. I'm going to give you four things I'm going to finish up, four things that will help you, kind of four values in God's plan. Here's the first thing. To, how do I know God's plan? Basic in application, know your Heavenly Father. Know your Heavenly Father. I mean, it, become like a child of God. Lord, I don't know everything. I trust you. I need you. I want to talk to you. I want to spend time with you. 
I want a relationship with you. Just become like a child. You are his now. Once you, once you say the name of Jesus, you're his. Just, be, just lean in. Know your heavenly father. Here's the second thing about the will of God or God's plan is uh, become like Jesus. I'm going to become like Jesus. He's for you. He's with you. He's got a clear roadmap for your life. When I first came to Christ, I, I, I knew so little, and I'd go to counseling and meet with some pastors, and one of our, our older pastors on our team is a volunteer pastor, and I'd talk to him, ask him a lot of questions, and you know, after the meet was, I'd never leave. You know, he'd get up, open the door, and I'd stay there, and you know, okay, thank you, God bless you. you know, I'd still sit there, and I'd get up all in his personal space, and all in his schedule and calendar, and all those kind of things. Just, just no, not, no, just needed more. He had so many questions. And one time he stopped me. He said, "Dino, here's what I want. I got you an assignment. You don't need to come see me for three months, so I don't. I'm good." And uh, he said, "Here's what I want you. To, I want you to go and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over again. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John." He said, "Those are the Gospels." He said, "In the Gospels." is where you learn what about Jesus. And the more you read the Gospels, the more you'll become like Him through the help of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. You, you, the more you read about Him, the more you'll know how to be like Jesus. He said, and you need to learn how to be like Jesus because the more we talk, the more I realize you are nothing like Jesus. You need some help. I think the, the will of God is always found in the Word of God and in the Son of God. So become like Jesus. Lord, help me to become like you. Let me read, let me learn you. Let me learn Christ as a wife. Let me learn Christ as a husband. Let me learn Christ as a student. Learning Jesus. Here's the third thing. Connect the spiritual family. How important is that we connect the spiritual family? He, you know, I don't know where I would be without this. I made, th- I, made, I made some decent decisions in my life, made a lot of bad decisions. Three best decisions I ever made in my life. The first one was when I, when I received Christ June the 21st, 1982. I said yes to Jesus. Here's the second best decision is when I asked my wife to marry me. Who you marry impacts you. Who, who you marry again, whatever, single, single again, whatever those dynamics are. Who you choose to do life with in covenant relationship impacts a lot of stuff. So many things. So that decision has affected every the trajectory of Jesus, the trajectory of my spouse. And let me tell you, the third best decision I've ever made in my life was when I decided to be a contributor to the local church. Not a consumer. It's a difference. A contributor to the local church. When I decided that I'm going to serve, I'm going to give my time, I'm going to be on a team. I'm going to give my, my treasure. I'm going to tithe. And I'm going to invest financially. I'm, I'm going to be a part of this. I'm not going to tip God. I'm going to put God first in my finances. I don't know where I'd be today if I wouldn't have made the decision to, to participate with this. And then to get in a small group, be a part. I don't think I'd be here today if I wouldn't have made the decision then to be faithful and to be teachable, to be a part to realize this is not all about me, myself, and I. That really it's about Him and it's about those that are not yet here. Let me live my life for those that are not yet here. Because I'm good. I'm going to heaven. I'm in. 
I'm going to live my life in a way to help other people get in. So when I made that decision, third best decision of my life, that's why, knowing your Heavenly Father, becoming like Jesus, I believe you find the plan of God when you connect with spiritual family. And then here's the last thing, and I just want to encourage you with this. Just own God's plan. Own it for your life. Just make a decision. I'm going to own God's plan. It's going to be mine. It's going to be mine. It's not going to wait on anybody else. It's not going to be based on anybody else. I think about Mark Cleary, who's here. We've been friends for 20 years. That man gets up every morning, seeks God, prays, reads his Bible. Through different seasons, didn't have kids, has kids. Moving a city, changing job, roles, all these different things. Faithful. He's owned God's plan for his life. Not based on all the circumstances. Not based on the good days or the bad days. Not based on what other people are doing. I'm just going to own God's plan. Why? Because he is mine and I am his. And I'm going to live my life that way. Can I have a good amen? Praise God. I want you to bow your heads. I want to pray for you. Lord, we don't really come before you right now. and We're not just asking uh, horizontally, what is your plan? How do I know God's plan? Lord, we submitted it to Elevate City and to Pastor Kyle, but really we go vertical with it. Lord, I, I want to know your plan for my life. Through the seasons and the phases, the ups and the downs, the valleys and the mountains. So Lord, ultimately, I want to commit to being formed, fashioned, made in the image of Jesus Christ. Sometimes just saying it, Lord, I feel so far from being like you. But your grace and mercy and this cross that hangs above me made a way. It made a way that I can be family. It made a way that I could be, I could live in your plan. So, Father, I pray that you will deposit your plan in my life. ultimately it would just be like Jesus. Lord, we know the will of God is to be like you. That is the will of God. To be conformed in the image of Jesus. Let that happen in each one of our hearts. Maybe you're here today and just say, Dino, I just feel far from that. I do not feel like I'm living God's plan. Maybe you've complicated it. Maybe it's felt far away. Maybe you feel like there's been this barrier, this block of you just don't know what I've done. You don't know what's happened to consume our thinking, but we just say in Jesus' name that that would be removed and you would hear the voice of your loving Heavenly Father. It's all across this room before we leave and Pastor Kyle comes and helps you take that next step, be a part of this family or take a step of growth, give you a pathway, a plain path. All across this room with every head bowed, if you say, Dino, can you pray for me? Because I just feel far from God. I don't feel like I'm living God's plan. I want to live the plan that God has for me. If that's you, I'm not going to be standard and have you come forward and embarrass you like that. But if that's
that's you, could you just lift up your hand and say, Dino, can you pray for me? Just so we can, all across this room, we just raise your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up all across the room. You're not the only one. Thank you. Put that hand down. I see those hands. That's great. Amazing. About a half a dozen hands. Lord, I just pray for every person who raised their hand. So, Lord, I pray that all of us would say yes to you, yes to your will, the will of having a relationship with your Heavenly Father, the will of becoming like Jesus, the will of spiritual family, and the will of owning your plan for my life. I'm going to live in it. Maybe you're here today and you raise your hand or you didn't. Let's pray all this prayer together. Yeah, let's pray it out loud for Pastor Kyle's time. Pray this prayer. Just say, Dear Jesus, I invite you into my life. I want your plan for my life. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for how I've drifted away. So I believe that you died and that you rose again. So today I confess you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name.